Hello, and welcome to the Health in Europe podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bianchi. We've launched this podcast to bring you the latest on WHA's work in the European region. This episode rounds off a mini-series on flagship areas for WHA Europe as identified by the European Programme of Work, also known as the EPW. This is WHA Europe's vision for and commitment to health in the region for the next five years. In recent weeks, we've been highlighting different flagships for EPW, behavioural and cultural insights, mental health, immunisation and digital health. These episodes are focused on explaining why these are flagship areas and how they fit into the vision of health in Europe in the coming years. Following his election as WHO's Regional Director for Europe, Dr Hans Kluger laid out his vision for the future of health in our region. The European Programme of Work, or EPW, supports the global programme of work set out by WHO globally and focuses on three key areas. That's ensuring more people benefit from universal health coverage, ensuring people enjoy better health and well-being, and protecting more people from health emergencies. It was this final point that came to dominate the early days of the regional director's tenure, with the COVID-19 pandemic shutting down societies around the world. Despite this, WHA Europe has continued its work on the EPW, incorporating some of the lessons learned from the pandemic into this vision for health in Europe. Now that the EPW has been adopted by the Member States, I spoke with Dr Hans Kluger about the EPW and how we can expect this to influence health in Europe in the coming years. I started by asking, first and foremost, what is the European Programme of Work? Right, good question, uh, Greg. So to explain this straightforward, the EPW stands for the European Programme of Work. It's called EPW because globally we have GPW, which is the Global Programme of Work, is the European contribution to the Global Programme, how to improve health over the next five years in the 53 European member states. So it combines the what and the how. What are we going to do? But for me, especially as a new regional director, I want to focus on the how. Because ministers keep telling me, don't come WHO to my country to tell what to do. I know my country better than WHO, but tell us, based on experiences of other countries, how can we, within a new context of the COVID-19, improve health of the people while we know that economically it may be a little tight? You've already touched upon it a little bit, but, but why is the EPW so important? I would say it's a new way of doing business. It's based on the discussions I had, which accompanied my campaign, campaign tour. So I, I went to all 53 member states. I asked the Minister of Health and Foreign Affairs that time, what is it that you're happy with that the office is doing? And what do you think should we do better or different? So this is really driven by the member states. It's not Hans Kluge coming up with a, a crazy idea and thinking that uh, I know best. No, no, it's rooted in what countries see as the real people issues. And the point of departure, therefore, is what do the people in Europe legitimately and, of course, reasonably expect from their health authorities? And um, so, so what are those priorities? Right. During the discussion I had with the countries, they expressed a strong desire, first and foremost, to have more solidarity, more unity across our diverse region, number one. Number two, to help them 
that the voice in the political context is heard better and third to help them to decrease what we call the inequalities in the countries and from that political point of view we then formulated three overarching priorities one the people would like their health authorities to guarantee the right to universal health coverage universal health coverage means everyone in the population has access to good quality care including prevention without being pushed into poverty due to ill health number one second people expect especially now that the health authorities protect them from health emergencies and the third one that the people can live in their communities where their potential their individual potential can be maximized health-wise but also well-being i mean some of us will have chronic diseases and several at the same time and never be cured per definition but the quality of life is very important and that's what the people expect their health authorities to ensure well kind of related to that many people are deeply concerned about the state of health in their countries and are disillusioned by what authorities are doing what's your message to them right i i fully understand no greg that this these are unprecedented uh, times and very very challenging for our communities i try to speak when i go to a country not only to the health authorities but also go to to a clinic and and speak to the patients the people the health professionals so there are a lot of concerns and also frustration there is tiredness towards the public health measures while we know that we're going to face a bit of a tougher times during the winter at the moment that countries don't really and the people don't really want to hear this news so what the epw is built on is a response to the expectations from the people so the first thing we have to do is people centeredness we have to listen to the people for example if people don't want to wear a mask in certain countries where it's obligatory let's not blame them or point fingers let's try to find out why the people are concerned or are resisting the same will be for the vaccination because we say that the vaccine will be the end of the pandemic but we know there is in a number of places vaccine hesitancy people may not want to be vaccinated so let's try to find out what is it that keep them busy keep them awake at night and then use people from those communities to convey the message for example the global youth shapers network let the young people talk to the young people so you've already talked a little bit about uh, yeah sort of people and their relation and what they expect of health authorities i mean very central to the early part of your term as regional director has been dealing with the, the covid-19 pandemic right. what lessons have you drawn from the pandemic and how have they impacted the epw right it's very important greg that we learn the lessons and that's what we're trying to do as soon as possible because traditionally who would do the lessons what we call after action review but we have to do what we're doing interaction review because we're still not out of the woods so what of some of the lessons that uh, we're putting forward the first one is that far too many people were left behind during the first wave for example our senior people in long term care homes this is at the core of the epw to leave no one behind secondly in the epw we say we have to empower the national and subnational health leadership well 
we saw and we still see that health leaders still struggle to assert their voices in the wider governmental and public arena. On the other hand, I say we should be optimist. There has been incredibly stories of solidarity rooted in local communities. Neighbors looking for out for other neighbors, elderly people who maybe didn't come out of their homes if something is wrong. So in that sense, I would say solidarity is key to the success, but in a very practical way. And we do have a number of networks like Healthy Cities, Regions for Health Network. So these decentralized networks are going to become more and more important, not at least in the cities, not to forget that in by 2040, 75% of the people will live in urban cities. So that's why we have to create green, safe, socially friendly environments. We've touched upon why the EPW is so important, but how does it meet citizens' expectations of health and, and strengthen trust? Maybe, Greg, what I will do here is to answer this question through what we call four flagship initiatives. So I talked about the three overarching priorities, but based on the discussions that I had with the countries leading up to my appointment, it transpired that countries would like to see four flagships. The first one is mental health. Whether this is about depression and anxiety in youngsters, suicide in adults, Alzheimer in elderly people, it's across the life course approach. And here I'm very, very proud that the Queen of Belgium, who is a very, very strong SDG, Sustainable Development Goal Advocate, she will strongly support our mental health coalition. It's a coalition of decision makers, politicians, of civil society, and maybe most important, of the people affected themselves to decrease stigma and discrimination. Because still, it's difficult to talk about suicide in many communities. The second flagship is on behavioral insight. We know that it's more healthy to eat apple than a bit of chocolate. But still, we are tempted. And I don't say that you should not eat chocolate. No, Greg, don't uh, misunderstand me. But it's just an example that we have to get into the, the minds to demedicalize WHO a little bit. We need help from sociologists, anthropologists, behavioral scientists, right? How can we help people to make the healthy choice without belittling them and paying a lot of attention to the inequalities that the poorer people also understand our messages? The third flagship is on immunization. Can you imagine, Greg, six countries in the region totaling 22% of the infant population reported to us that they completely disrupted basic routine immunization. So how much we will have to catch up in addition to the COVID-19? If we get that one right, definitely it will help us to answer to the citizens' expectations. And finally, on the digital health. Digital health has enormous potentials, but we also saw a lot of digital poverty. I mean, we know that in the EU maybe 10-15% of the people will never want to share their data with the governments. Mm. So again, we shouldn't blame them. We should be smart. We should design policies which take those hesitance into account instead of pointing out the finger.
So, I mean, we've talked a little bit about uh, citizens' expectations, how we can help uh, help improve health for, for people around the region. Um, but what can I do as a citizen, for example, to, uh, to contribute to the EPW? Right. I would say what you could do, Greg, and all the brothers and sisters in the WHO European region, get involved. That's the first thing. Don't stay aside. Get involved. Because the person knows best how healthcare should be organized. My father used to say, the best doctor is the one who has been sick a lot, him or herself. Right? So get involved. Don't just criticize. As an individual, you can work with your health workers to keep yourself, your family and your community healthy. I would say as a community, then you can work with your local health units. Right? And give some advice. And make sure that you get the care you are entitled to and help to mobilize to create a healthier and safer local environment. And of course, as a citizen, that was at the basis of the Tallinn Charter, you can hold your health authorities accountable for moving towards universal coverage and spending the public resources wisely. Walk the talk, I would say, and respect your health and social care workers. I mean, those were and are really the heroes of this pandemic, together with all the other frontline workers, like, for example, the teachers. I have a great respect for the teachers. So many pe people cleaning, I mean, cleaning our offices. Many people kept the society running at the time they have not protected themselves. Let's appreciate and recognize their merit and ultimately Let's make health the concern of each politician. And that's something that every person, every citizen in our beautiful region is able to do so. Here's what else has been going on in the WHO European region. WHO Europe held its 70th regional committee this week. Due to COVID-19, the shortened virtual session covered a range of areas, including the EPW, future budgets, and the accreditation of non-state actors. You can find out more about the regional committee on WHO Europe's website, that's euro.who.int, as well as on our social media channels. Last week saw the opening of a new Geographically Dispersed Office, or GDO, in Istanbul for preparedness for humanitarian and health emergencies. The office will provide expertise and help strengthen member states in the region to be prepared and equipped to respond to humanitarian and health emergencies such as COVID-19. And finally, this week marks World Patient Safety Day. The COVID-19 pandemic has put unprecedented pressure on health systems worldwide, and working in stressful environments can have a real impact on health and care workers. This year's campaign is speaking up for health worker safety to further ensure patient safety. That's all we have time for this week. Thanks to Dr Hans Kluger for speaking to us. If you want to find out more about the EPW, you can do so on our website, that's euro.who.int, or on our social media channels. On Twitter, that's at who underscore Europe, Facebook at WHO Europe and Instagram, all lowercase, at WHO Europe. Thanks for listening. This episode was presented by me, Greg Bianchi. 
And until next time, stay safe, stay healthy.